Hi, good evening. This is Caleb Aron with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel again, coming to you live at 5.13 p.m. Central Time down in Southern Texas. I just want to say welcome. Thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, well, if you're listening in the morning, listening in the day, I hope you are having a blessed day. We are having some connection uh, stability issues right now. So uh, hopefully We'll, we'll just pray that those get resolved as well, and all of this goes through clearly. Today, we are going to read from Psalm chapter 19. Uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 19. The Psalms aren't called chapters. They're just called Psalms because they are individual kind of Psalms themselves. Psalm 19, we're going to read from Genesis chapter 46 through 47, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 19, and Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 28 today. Once again, I want to apologize that I didn't come out with a video and a, a podcast yesterday. I was feeling uh, ill, and it, it wasn't. Uh, it was a very busy day, and I wasn't able to, excuse me, record and, and create the the episode yesterday. I will try to do that in the future, where I can uh, just upload the episodes in, or uh, program them to release on, on time. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, please bless this time that we have together. Please bless the listeners and the audience. Please open all of our hearts, our minds, and our ears to listen to your word and to grow in your truth. Help us, Lord, to just take a minute and slow down and to hear your truth that you have for us in your message today, in your word. Lord, let your message be spoken and your message be heard. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. And oh, Lord, please also help our connection issues. Please help the connection to be stable and to not drop any words or be uh, buggy or um, uh, twitchy or anything like that. In Jesus, name, Amen. Thank you, Father. All right. <clears throat> so, um, start uh, starting from where we left off just in the last episode. Uh, Joseph had just revealed himself to his brothers and had just sent them up to pick up his father and pick up their father with all these wagons and things that they, they had sent from Egypt. And so Jacob just heard, my son Joseph's alive? He's alive? I get to see him again? And so it's a really exciting time back in the land of Canaan, and they're going to make preparations to come down into Egypt. In the book of Psalms, we're getting into one of my favorite Psalms today, Psalm 19, and that's going to be a real blessing when uh, we get into the book of Proverbs, we were just learning on how Proverbs will extend your years, how Proverbs will, um, wisdom will extend your years if you seek after her, if you keep her, keep hold of her. And uh, keep. so we're going to read a little bit more on that and how to keep her paths. And when we get into Matthew, we had just seen that Jesus had just walked on the water and Peter had just walked on the water with him. How crazy would that be to be able to walk on the water to Jesus? And just take one step and like, oh man, it, it, it's doing this. It's not falling. I'm not falling in. And um, finally to get close to Jesus, but then to take your eyes off of him. How wonderful is it going to be when we get to heaven and we have these glorified bodies where we can stay in the presence of Jesus constantly. It's going to be amazing. Um, we're going to look at what the next chapter has for us in chapter 15 today. So... Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Psalm chapter 9. I'm sorry, I keep saying that. Psalm 19, not chapters, but Psalm 19 today. 
The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Wow. One of my favorite psalms, it has just so much packed into it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. You see the tectonic plates that are underneath the earth and how they are fitted and cut and placed just right uh, so that they fit together. Uh, so that all these land masses can rest on top of them. Every once in a while we get these uh, earthquakes where they rub up against each other and it shows kind of the proof that they're, they're there. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Well, the firmament could also mean um, uh, the firmament of the earth, firmament of the seas, the firmament of the, the skies and the divisions between the heaven, the second heaven, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. So, uh, the third, uh, in the Jewish perspective, the third heaven is where the heaven where God is, the spiritual heaven. The second heaven is the outer space and all the everything outside of the earth. And then the first heaven is um, in the the old Hebrew wording is basically like the atmosphere of the earth. And so we'll see. Um, later in scripture, the place where it's referring to the third heaven. And so <clears throat> that's just a little bit of perspective for that. And we'll get into that more later. But we see that there's speech. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And so it's sh all of the earth is showing the glory of God and the workmanship of God. If you're looking for God in anything, you will find him in everything. And that is just so amazing. And then the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Man, uh, the word of God, the law of God, the truth of God is so amazing, so valuable, so treasurable that it's more valuable than fine gold. It's more valuable than the most rarest gems and golds and treasures that this earth could ever offer. And then a prayer that we should all have. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Man, if we could live by that, we would have 
an amazing life. Turn it with me, if you will, now to Genesis chapter 46. Genesis chapter 46. And Isaac, uh, I'm sorry, and Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, and their little ones, and their wives, in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle, and their goods which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanak and Phalu and Hezron and Carmi, and the sons of Simeon, Jemuel and Jamin, and Ohad and Jakin, and Zohar and Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman, and the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the sons of Judah, Er, and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zerah. But Er and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the, uh, and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul, and the sons of Issachar, Tola, and Fuva, and Job, and Shimron, and the sons of Zebulun, Sered, and Elon, and Jalil. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padan Aram with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three. And the sons of Gad, Ziphon, and Haggai, and Shuni, and Esbon, and Eri, and Arodai, and Arile. And the sons of Asher, Jimnah, and Ishua, and Iswi, and Beriah, and Sarah, their sister. And the sons of Beriah, Heber, and Malkiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. And unto Joseph, in the land of Egypt, were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Asenath, the daughter of Partipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And the sons of Benjamin were Bilah and Beker, and Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ehi, and Rosh, Mupim, and Hupim, and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Hushim, and the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shilam. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel his daughter. And she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. <clears throat> all the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, beside Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel his father to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto his father's house, I will go up, and show Pharaoh, and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. 
And the man, men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you, and shall say, What is your occupation? That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Chapter 47 Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh, and said, My father and my brethren, and their flocks and their herds, and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And Joseph, uh, Joseph brought in Jacob his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are an hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren, and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle, if money fail. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, and for the flocks, and for the cattle of the herds, and for the asses, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year, and said unto him, We will not hide it from my lord, how that our money is spent. My lord also hath our herds of cattle. There is not aught left in the sight of my lord, but our bodies and our lands. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt even to the other end thereof. Only the land of the priests bought he not, for the priests had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh, and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their lands." Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day, and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, 
Here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land, and it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own, for seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth part except the land of the priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the whole age of Jacob was in a hundred and forty and seven years, and the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph, and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he sware unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. What an amazing story of the restoration of Israel coming down to Egypt and meeting with his son, who he thought was dead for so many years. And he being, what was it, 130 years? Pharaoh had asked him, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Pharaoh had asked him, how old art thou? And he said, and, yeah, 130 years old, 130 years, and you make this pilgrimage of hundreds of miles on the back of a, a cart and back of a wagon drawn by horses and donkeys and things. And man, I, I can't even imagine how uncomfortable that probably was, but he made it and he gets to, um, he serves the Lord. He, he uh, sets a, an altar to the Lord and worships the Lord to an altar. And the, here's a, a promise that we really don't see anywhere else in the Bible, but uh except for when the Lord Jesus Christ promises to send a spirit to be with all of us. But it says here, I'm God, fear not to go down into Egypt for I will, uh, I will there make the make of the great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt. The Lord promised to go down with him into Egypt. And then amazingly also 400 years later, we will see that he goes with them out of Egypt too. And he takes them out and just an amazing story. Um, we also see here that Pharaoh is has a really good relationship with Joseph and is with his brother. And we'll see that that changes in the next book when we get to Exodus. And they forget about all these things. They forget that all this wealth was because of J uh, Joseph, was because that he has so wisely stored up all this grain and built up all this, this treasure. And this. Um, we also see that now... They are selling everything because everything's gone. There's no food whatsoever other than what Joseph and Pharaoh has in his stores of food and grain that they saved up during those seven years of plenty. And so all the people sell all their money to them. Then the next year comes and they don't have any money. So they sell all their cattle. They sell all their herds, all their donkeys, all their chickens, all their, all their farm animals and then he feeds them for an entire year for all of the cattle, all of the herds, all of all of the animals in the land of Egypt. He feeds them. Then the next year comes, and they're still in the famine, they, and they have nothing left. They have nothing to sell. And so he buys their land, and he buys them. And 
he moves them so that they're placed in more strategic places to be able to uh, sustain with all the food that they had stored up. And so he places them all around the land of Egypt. And he so he begins uh, creating these cities based on numbers and based on construction and based on kind of some tactical or strategic ways of constructing the lands and things as well as uh, gaining all of this money, all of this land, all of these animals, everything now in Egypt is owned by Pharaoh. And we see historically then that around this time period, Pharaoh raises, uh, gets raised up to a position of such extreme power as the single monarch in the area that is powerful over all of these sub-monarchs sub that were in, probably in charge of individual cities at that time. And so that's how Egypt became so powerful in a monarch, monarchy. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs today. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 4 again. I'll take a sip of water. <sighs> Thank you. <clears throat> okay, excuse me. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Sorry, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. Uh, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. We see in Proverbs, the way of the wicked is as darkness. When you trip on something in the dark, you have no idea what you tripped on. When you stub your toe when you're walking to the bathroom, maybe you step on some Legos that maybe your kids left out. Or maybe you um, had left some dumbbells out or something that is hard and heavy or you stub your toe on the corner of a table or a chair maybe you don't know exactly what you hit sometimes sometimes it might be the dog's water bowl but some you just know it's dark and you hit something and the word is saying that that's how the wicked are that they don't have understanding they don't have wisdom they don't have the knowledge they don't know even what they're stumbling at but they the only thing that they can recognize is that the way they are living is causing pain and trouble, but they don't have the knowledge. And so that's why it's so important for preachers to get it out there and preach, because people need to understand that when you go in the way of wickedness, in the way of sin, and eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, there are consequences to that. People don't understand that that's just a direct consequence that's warned about in the Bible, and we should warn them about that. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It gives bright lights so that we can understand what's going on around us, what we can watch out for, and what ways are the ways to go that are the steps of the Lord that are ordered before us that we can follow and trust fully that we will not stumble. And that um, in verse 12, just from the last video's reading, when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. And so we can run faithfully with the Lord, our race, and know that he is making the path straight before us. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter uh, 15. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to read to verse 28 today. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do you... 
Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or to his mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude, and said unto them, Hear, and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the man, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my, fa which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. When Jesus answered and said unto her, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And <clears throat> that's where we're going to end for today. We see that the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, uh, the scribes, they came from Jerusalem. And they were, now that John the Baptist was gone, they didn't have anybody else really to criticize as much either or to um, see what was going on. And so they come out and they check out Jesus and they ask him, why do ye uh, not teach your disciples to follow the traditions of the elders? And he's, instead of answering their question about washing hands and things like that, that they had uh, created extensive rituals of you wash this first and this first and then, or this second and this last, and you make sure that it, you're, uh, leave your hands up to dry or you, um, uh, only use like clean cloths or clean towels and things, and you must wash after touching this 
these types of, of people or these Gentiles in the marketplace or this types of meat or um, by walking through this type of area, some things like this may have been considered unclean and then you have to wash again. And so they created these extensive rituals and Jesus is saying, why do you, do you trust the commandment of God by your tradition? And so he changes kind of the subject, but along the same lines. So um, speaking of honoring not your father or your mother, Jesus was talking about how in their tradition, if you say that um, this is something that is a set apart as a gift to the church and a gift to the synagogue, and you don't use that maybe money or that land or that space to help your father and your mother while they're still alive, then you are breaking the commandment of God by not honoring your father and mother and not helping them. And, but men would take a portion of money and they say, it's for the Lord. Not having to give it to the Lord immediately, not having to give it to the synagogue, they would just hold on to it. But saying that, oh, I, I can't use that to help you. That's for the Lord. Uh, that's for the temple. And by this, you've made the commandment of God by of none effect by your tradition. And so he criticized, rightfully criticizes and condemns this practice and this tradition, which was not following the commandment of God. And then every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Everything, every teaching that is not created by God, that is not a true following of God and uh, solidly planted in the word of God is going to be rooted up. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch, he warns. And so we have to have our eyes open. We have to be comparing scripture with scripture. We have to compare everything that man says with this word of God. It is the ruler that we measure everything in this world by, every word that every man says by. And so he explains this to his disciples, and he explains also that what you eat does not spiritually defile anybody. It's what comes out of your heart. It's your heart condition to God. And if your heart condition to God is right, and you're saved. And you Hi there, um, this is Caleb Arden with the Walk With God podcast. Just got cut off a little bit for this last uh, podcast episode. But where I, what I was saying before was that if we have a, a right walk with God and we're saved, and we have a right relationship with God, we don't need to worry about things as much coming into our mouth, like the food that we eat or things like that, uh, corrupting us spiritually, because it can't and it doesn't. It's what comes out of our heart, what comes out of our mouth, what comes from the inside and the heart of man, which defiles a man. Things like blasphemies, things like murder, adultery, and evil thoughts and wickedness that comes from the inside, that comes from man's mind and man's heart. That's what defiles a man. But what comes from the outside in does not defile a man. And what also what comes from the outside into a man does not change whether he's saved or not. And so if we have a right relationship with God, we should be continuing to seek his word and seek his spiritual infusion of his word and his and his truth into our lives each day. And that will continue also to keep us washed with the word so that um, speaking not about salvation right now, just speaking about our relationship with God, it 
will keep us in a right attitude. It'll keep us in a right mental state. It'll keep our thoughts and our mind clean and pure so that we can offer our body and our mind as a fresh and clean living sacrifice unto God and offer our works as a sacrifice to God to glorify God. Once again, not speaking about salvation, but only to please God and to worship our creator that we love and that we know who loves us and wants to have a good relationship with us. So I hope this has been a blessing today. I, uh, for you, I know it's been a blessing for me. I look forward to joining uh, with you tomorrow for our next Walk With God podcast. God bless you and keep you today. And